Triple M's. Oh! It's gone sideways! My word! That has gone sideways! Oh. <laughs> Cricket Fan Podcast. Bloody For Energy Australia, simple, more affordable energy. Energy Australia, light the way. The series started with India's lowest ever test score and ended with them pulling off a record chase that stormed the previously impregnable Aussie Gabba fort in the dying stages of the last day. And in between, we were treated to an absolute classic. Somehow, this ragtag group of beaten, bruised, battered and belted Indian cricketers held their considerable nerve and pulled off one of the most remarkable feats in their nation's rich cricketing history and a way win over the almighty Aussies. On the other side of the coin, Australia picks up the pieces and faces bitter recriminations leaving us here at the Triple M Cricket Fan Podcast to ask a simple question. What the hell just happened? <laughs> My name's Rudy Etzel, and I'll be your host as we scramble for answers. I'm joined by Tommy Beers. Hello, Tom. Hi, mate. Yeah, what the hell did just happen? I, I can't quite wrap my head around it, but we'll deep dive into it shortly. Indeed, we will. And, of course, uh, we've got George Porter along for the ride. How are you, Ports? Yeah, shocked, boys. And it's the 20th of January today. So we didn't record our series whitewash back in December the 16th <laughs> when we thought we would have. So this is <laughs> this is humble pie right here, I think, boys, for me Absolutely. and Beersy especially, I reckon. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. We'll get to the... Uh, <laughs> we'll There's get some to interesting prediction. uh, predictions to go back over. That's oh, true. my we- God. We will, we will revisit our preseason predictions. Uh, and let me be the first to say, lol. Um, <laughs> Having said but, that, uh, we're not going to be the only people, but we'll, we'll dive in. And it won't be our yes, last right. time we cock it up on, on this show. So. <laughs> no, that's right. Uh, so, yes, this is the Triple M Cricket Fan Podcast for Energy Australia. Um, we have been doing our little... Um, x-factor power surge player of the week but i think it's worth skipping that to just just get stuck straight into, straight the, into test, the test yeah. the, the gabba test um australia were this was australia that was in there the palm of their hands really like before the the first um so they lost jasper Bumrah and they lost Ra- ravachandran ashwin um before the first ball was bowled and debuted a couple of guys um who you know we'd never heard of and it was you know, it was pretty much Australia's to lose and it just seemed like a Monty that Australia would just roll through them. They hadn't lost at the Gabba for 3 billion years. And then, like I said, it ended with them storming the gates, India. They got there pretty, pretty easily in the end. One with a couple of overs to spare. Um, Rishabh Pant and, and Shubman Gill just just spanking them all around, like uh, the cooked bowlers all around the joint. Um, yeah, and in between, uh, like... Manus Labashane Tun, which he'd sort of threatened all, all summer. Um, the, the Aussies managing to find ways to get out in the first innings. And um, I think the turning point of the entire entire series, the entire test, I should say, was that um, that, that that partnership for the sixth wicket uh, in the first Indian innings uh, between Washington Sundar, who, um, again, like he debuted, and they picked him because he can bat. And I think it was... Uh, Sh- um, Shakur. Shakur, yeah, Shadul, yeah. Shadul Takur. Um, so they put on, so Australia had them f- 686, and then those two put on 123 um, to, to get them up to 309, chasing 369. And, and all of a sudden, what looked like, we, you know, we sort of assumed Australia would just roll through their bottom, their bottom few and, and, and take a 150-run lead and put the foot on the throat from there, but they just couldn't get it done, the Aussies, and... And yeah, George, that really changed the game for him. 
That was that was the key, and I was watching it here the other day, and I just thought it's almost the same as the final Sydney te- um, Sydney day, where we were only one wicket away from really turning that game, as you said, Rudy. Um, I was saying earlier in the series that this was a series where ball has really dominated bat, but it came down to the last five days. Sorry, the last six days, the five days of this test, the one day of the Sydney test, the last day, where the ball just didn't want to, the batsman couldn't get out. So it kind of shifted on its, um, on its axis a little bit back to the batsman. But even still, Australia's batting wasn't great. Having said that, I feel like we still had enough runs on the board and enough time to bowl them out in both matches. So yep. real questions. I feel for the bowlers now, they're going to be absolutely cooked. They're not going to bowl another delivery for two months. <laughs> Yeah, so the Aussies in Sydney spent pretty much four hours one wicket away from winning that test. And then, again, they spent hours one wicket away from really putting the foot on the throat in in that test. And it just felt like Australia just could not win the big moments. At the end of the series, Manus Labuschagne and Steve Smith were the biggest run-getters. Pat Cummins is clearly the standout bowler of the series. Um, Statistically, Australia were you know, as good as India. Um, but it just the big moments all went India's way and it was just pure, like a show of pure grit, uh, determination, like mental strength, the likes of which I've not ever seen from a touring side in Australia ever. Even when England came and, and really rinsed a pretty like floppy Australia outfit, that was, they did that with execution and, and professionalism rather than just like grittily hanging on. But India just hung on but the whole series, really, more or less, yeah. they just stuck with Australia the whole way. You know, by rights, Australia should have had them, you know. You look back to Sydney, like you said, there's one wicket from breaking them the whole the whole session. They're one wicket, really, from breaking them in the first uh, first innings at the Gabba. And then, yeah, by the time it got to the fourth innings, they pretty much reaped the rewards because um, we'll get onto how good the Indians were batting in a minute, but I really want to focus on the bowling. Um, Pat Cummins, no one has to, no one will ever question him, but um, there will be questions asked about Mitchell Stark and Nathan Lyon in particular, because he, um, very disappointing final day of the series for both of them. Yeah. Nathan Lyon, I thought it was his chance, you know, big, big milestone game for him, 400 test wickets in, in reach, Um, you know, tram track cracks all the way up the pitch, fifth day, inexperienced Indian lineup. Like it had the making of being his moment to just take four or five on the last day. The quicks do the damage from the other end. We win by a hundred or so runs, bowl them out by for 200 or 220 or whatever it might be. And that's the narrative that it was kind of building towards, but he just didn't look that threatening at any point. And even in Sydney as well, it's a little bit concerning that, you know, he was, by far, and like we, his success in Australia is unrivaled, really, compared to any other off spinner who's ever really bowled here. So um, it was a shade disappointing. I think he finished the series with nine wickets or something at fifty-five or thereabouts, which is really, really he, lo- like that's poor from him. Here's a stat for you: nine Indian bowlers finished the series with a better average than wow. Nathan Lyon. Wow, there nine. you go. Well, that's every that's single volumes, Indian bowler. Every single Indian bowler that took a wicket had a better yeah. average than Nathan Lyon. Who, and that's in and, contrast to Ravi Ashwin, who was tearing us apart. Exactly right. He's never yeah. had success here as well. 
Yeah, um, it's, it was a real sort of like uh, backwards scenario for that, wasn't it? Nathan yeah. Lyon normally normally doesn't struggle in Australian conditions. Um, it's his bread and butter, really. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so super disappointing, and he just never really looked threatening, like regularly threatening. There were times where, like, I mean, he's super unlucky not to have Pajara early yesterday. LB, yeah. LB, but mm. yeah, other than that, he just. Like we we all sort of thought it was a Monty that he'd get to his 400th wicket in this series. Yeah, um, it just just didn't. He just didn't um, really look like it. Mitch Stark was even more disappointing. I think he went for nearly five and over. Yeah, in the he, fourth inning, he was a massive letdown. He, he looked less threatening, and he he was just wayward whenever he got the ball. It was like India just had a plan to go after him a little bit. Not even go after him. It's just like well, he'll bowl two or three short ones and over that we can, you know, cut or pull or, you know, he'll over pitch his, you know, and you can just drive a half volley through mm. cover for four. It's like wait for the boundary ball off Stark and it kind of released all the pressure. And that was kind of along the whole series as well. He's, he, bowled, he, he bowled well with the pink ball, I guess, to start the series, but the further and the longer the series went, the worse and worse he got. So there's a few headaches for the Aussies now because that, that, that bowling um, – you know, cartel that we've got is has been our backbone for so long. It's like, you know, even when Smith and Warner were out, the bowlers were the kind of the mainstay. It's like, well, they can keep us in this game. And it's been those guys. But now, like, they faltered when they didn't really have any excuses to falter. Um, they played a four, they've only played four test matches this summer. Usually there's kind of five or six with two, two countries coming to tour. They only played four and they ran it right out of gas. Um, Cummins and Hazelwood were at, at their at their, you know, consistent levels. But the, when the other two or when one or, or two of the others kind of falter, that's when um, the cracks can start to appear. And, um, yeah, it was very disappointing from our bowling uh, group as a, as a whole. Yeah, I don't – they were saying on the, on the footage yesterday, the coverage yesterday as well, about Starkey changing his shoes and having whole potholes where he was landing. And it seems to me that – Unless Starkey is 100% comfortable, he can quickly turn and not be the valuable new ball bowler that you want. Mm. Yep. Similar in a way, I hate to use an AFL reference for everyone who's not AFL, but when Gary Ablett seemed to not want to play or train because he might be slightly injured, it's, it's like if everything, if nothing is going Mitchell Stark's way, he can suddenly just drop his head and yeah. not look threatening. The wheels um, fall off. The, wheel, the wheels kind of fall off, you know, bowling back is an increase out- going around the wicket. Mitch Stark, Mitch Stark to Gary Ablett is an outrageous comparison. <laughs> I won't entertain it. Yeah, I, I, did, I do apologise enter- for that. But. <laughs> I simply won't entertain it. Um, but it felt to me, um, and I know Justin Langer after Stumps last night, was he was saying like, oh, well, who would you drop out of the four bowlers? Um, would you drop Cummins, Stark, Lyon or Hazelwood with the series on the line? And to me, it, like, it looked clear in Sydney that Stark needed a rest and I would have thought it, the easiest swap of all time, really, Michael Neeser in for a debut against, uh, you know, for Stark. And they shouldn't have been worried about debuting guys in that scenario. India did it yeah, due to they necessity. Had like four of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it worked out brilliantly. And they had to do it all series. And it, it sort of, and like they made a big deal when they went to England and, and, and brought the Ashes back. You know, they made such a big deal about the rotation policy. Yeah. Siddle played, Stark played. Pattinson played, Hazelwood played. I know I don't think Pattinson was available for this test because he injured himself. No, he wasn't over Christmas. But but the, it it seemed clear to me that Stark 
needed to needed a rest. It felt like um, felt like almost an arrogant selection. I thought, um, and there was some baffling arrog- uh, baffling selection stuff during the the series in general. Like the 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 decision to pick Joe Burns, like we'd all written him off as unpickable, and it was clear they were setting him up to fail yeah. the, the whole time. And then, I mean, Marcus Harris came in and and did like he did okay, but yeah, just poor poor selections from the Aussies. Um, I thought let's leave the Aussies behind though because I want to talk about India because I have never seen. That's by far the best achievement I've ever seen from a team to come to Australia in my life. Yeah, um, just agree. absolutely outrageous. Everything stacked against them. Um, I think I said after they got bowled out for 36 in Adelaide, I said, when you get smoked by an Aussie team in Australia, you tend to stay smoked. Mm. And they just didn't. They, they, they found a way, so, didn't they? Yeah. And, and I think you've got to shed a lot of it home to Ajinkya Rahane. Um, as a leader, he's just faultless uh Mm. such a good captain such a good sort of point man like uh, just an incredibly impressive human being and test cricketer and the way he pulled those guys together and Mm. it didn't matter the the, the, it didn't matter they kept getting injured like shammy had the broken arm um punt was injured fahari did his hamstring ashwin missed with a back injury there were so many variables yeah and they just they just pulled together and just yeah. it's I don't think I've seen a mental strength in a cricket team like that since the the Steve War days of, of Australia back, you know, when they were touring Sharjah in a fifty degree heat busy. Do you do you reckon there's something in that that Rahane should be seriously considered to take the captaincy full time just for the test team off off Coley and just let Coley be the best player in the world? I would not want to be the guy that says uh, says that to Virat Kohli. <laughs> I, I wouldn't either. But have a look. Like the the performances are there. Like it's in front of our eyes how he's galvanised this group to pull off one of the greatest upsets that we can remember. Really, like like with all those injuries and variables that you said, Kohli going home, who's the best player in the world. He that they'd just been rolled for thirty six, and the you know that the chips were down, and yeah. and he's managed to do what he's done. Like he's got to take a massive amount of credit for that, and you've also. I think got- Virat is a bit of a. Um, do you reckon he's a bit of a? Um, a he must be clearly just a, such an imposing figure on that team that if you were to bring young guys in like what they've just done in every Test match, they're maybe a little bit. You know, they, they don't want to come out of their shell, and maybe with with the Jinky Rahane, it's more of a. Um, embracing environment where it's like go out bowl your balls bat like this do what you want and play your natural game whereas with Virat it might just be you know win or his way or the highway type of yeah yeah, his way or the highway maybe the the whole feeling around the team might just be a little bit more um embraceive of those new younger players when they They two years ago eggshells around him you know because yeah exactly right he's the best player in the world you know he gets all this hype and and he's like does Rightfully so, he's a big character, but like that—that's—that's that, that's kind of the point that I'm getting at. That if if that yeah. is that detrimental to the team, if you've got another guy there who can get this group together, allow Coley to still be the best player in the world and be that attack dog, but he's still not their captain. You know, like he can be. It almost it might even open Virat up to be to go to another level. So I, I don't know. What do you guys think? 
they're not afraid to rotate their captains. I've done it before because yeah. I've had Tendulkar and Dravid and Ganguly and Kumble all in the same team who all rotated the yeah. captaincy over about a 10-year period. I would have, I would say it was in the end. Um, but this series win is way better than... like When they came out here two years ago and they won, I always thought, that's got an asterisk next to it. No Warner, no Smith. They got us at our worst. They pretty much got us almost at our best right now and completely outplayed us. So this is... Yeah. Like, Australia have no excuses. Unbelievable. Yeah. No way. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I do think, I don't think they'll be making any changes to the captaincy full time. Like at, at the end of the day, this is still Virat's team, really. Um, as far as, like, as far as Indian teams go, it's the, it's the best Indian performance I've seen out here. Is this the best Indian test team of all time? And it'd have to be close. Like you, you bring Virat back into that side and you bring Mohammed Shami back into that side. And maybe maybe Ishant Sharma goes out for Mohammed Siraj um, full time, and there's very few weaknesses up and down the order. Really, the bowling um, fast bowling stocks is the difference. I feel they've never had bowling yeah. fast bowling depth like this to go to other countries and compete like they have. Yeah. In saying that, the the eleven like you're saying the best Indian team ever as a whole. I get what you're coming from, but the eleven they rolled out in at the Gabba is arguably the worst Indian side 11 on paper that I've seen rolled out in Australia and they still found a way to win, which it's, it's pretty incredible. It's so incredible, but it's also a testament to their depth and their understanding that they can pick and call upon these guys who've been playing first-class cricket or like the IPL or whatever, a little bit of international experience here and there um, to just come in and perform, you know, like the equivalent of what the Australian 11 would have looked like with those outs would have been farcical and everyone would have gone, there's not a chance those guys can win a test match. You know, it would be, it'd be ridiculous, but yeah. I wrote it to you. I wrote it to you last week. I was like, this bowling lineup is the equivalent of us rolling out Jai Richardson, Michael Neeser and Jackson Bird. Yeah. And Pato. For the yeah. Indians, like it's a bad time if you if if you're Ishant Sharma or Umesh Yadav, yeah, they're on the way. Bad out, time yeah. to be you because yeah. Siraj has done his job and he looks awesome. Obviously, Shami probably walks straight back into that team, but yeah, yeah. Now, that these guys have, now that you've had these guys who um, have done it at international level, even like Jadeja, that's what I'm saying. They just look so strong. Like probably the only hole I can see is that you look in there. They're probably rolling out three elevens as batsmen, but then the guy batting eight is Ravichandran Ashwin, who has four test centuries. Yeah. So you know, like you should definitely have enough to get it done um, from there. I also wanted to spare a word for Shay Pujara. He killed us with the, bat, oh, the last. He loves Australia. Last, yeah, he He's does. He's unbelievable. He, he averages, I think he, he averages 122 balls faced in innings in Australia. And just the pitches are just perfectly set up for him because he just, you can't, you can't get him out with pace or, you know, you, he, you can't hurry him up. He's he basically got out to, he pretty much got out to the, the eight best balls of the series because <laughs> the only way you can get him out is you have to bowl the perfect ball to him. Yeah. We're lucky enough the to have Pat Cummins and Josh Hazel to do it. But, yeah. Oh. It's, yeah, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But um, it, it, it's, it's hard. Like, You've you got to give him full credit for that because it, a lot of subcontinental players who come to Australia cannot make that, that change. That and change. he's, yeah, he's clearly agree. got a game plan in Australia that works better than what even the best Australian batsman can do. You know, His last two mm. series here, he's been nearly impossible to get out, which is just such a 
like you can anchor a team around a guy like that when you've got someone with that talent. So, um, yeah, geez, I, I hope he's retired or doesn't come here next time because he's so hard to get out. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, if judging by what happened this time, he might miss the next tour and they'll just pull out a, a you know, a world-class number three out of nowhere to, yeah. to, to, to yeah. his spot. <laughs> um, in the pantheon of great series guys, like uh, I think we all would agree that the 2005 ashes is, is up there as one of them. Where does this sit? It's probably one of the best I've seen. Like as, as far as Australian involvement goes, this, um, probably the 2014 South Africa series um, with Ryan Harris is up there as well. But I think this one might shade that. I think this to me is the second best after that 05 Ashes. Um, to, to have all all of the permutations of the, not just the match, but the series in play going into the last hour of the test and then for it to end like in the epic fashion that it did, it's just like, it seesawed so much. There was like... There were so many, like, it, could you imagine, like, if you go back to day, like, the end of day four uh, at the SCG, there's the, the least plausible scenario is India winning the series 2-1. Yeah. yeah. And no, they well, managed yeah, to I, do it. And it I, yeah. I think it, it has to be in the, in the question, like, in the conversation for the best series ever. But the, um, well, at least on Australian sh- shores, you know, it's been so long since we've had such a, an arm wrestle of a summer, a test summer on at home like usually we just like teams roll up and we just dominate them and it's all over even the ashes you know that england didn't really give much last time they were here so yeah absolutely it's got to be in the question but it almost takes the shot like the fact that india had all these outs almost puts a little bit of a like imagine the hype and the hysteria if like Boomerah had have bowled them to victory or if Coley had have made a squillion runs or whatever like that 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 kind of headline name wasn't quite there, you know. They the, the scrappers they were the ones who got them over the line, which is a mm. full credit to them. But if, if if those big names were there, like the 05 Ashes with us, where it's like you know Warren was dominating and you know Ponting was there, and you know these guys yeah. were kind of the glue of our side, and they still beat us. Um, like they still won, but they had they still have so much upside with those guys not even being there. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to you look casting forward. It's hard to see India ever losing in Australia again at this point in time. Yeah, <laughs> one one of those scenarios. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you boys, um, I'll, I'll kick off with you, Ports. Uh, Tim Payne's captaincy. So uh, you can't shed it all home to him, but eighteen in the last 18 months, that's three times Australia has managed to throw away a test from a position of like huge ascendancy, like not yeah. just not just a position of strength, but like a position of what should be almost impregnable strength. They've given up two, 350 odd chases and they couldn't get it done in 130 overs in Sydney. Um, is there issues with the, with, with Payne's captaincy? Does he, I'm, I'm, you know, you guys have both played more cricket than I have. Um, did they run out of ideas too quickly? Do you feel so you're obviously referring to Headingley as well, where we had this Headingley as well, yeah. down, right? So yep. um, in each instance in those three games that you're talking about, I think we certainly had enough runs on the board, no doubt. We should be able to defend, what was it yesterday? I can't remember now, 320? 329. 328. 328, sorry. There's no way that you should be able to make 320 runs in a day. Um, I, I think... Yeah, I, 
I think we could have bowled Marnus Labuschagne way more than what we did. Um, I, it, it's, it, it was almost, it was carbon copy to a week ago, wasn't it? Where he kind of, you know, here's the ball, Josh, throw the ball to Cam Green. Cam Green, I feel a bit sorry for, because I would love to have seen him get a wicket, but he didn't look all that <laughs> threatening. And I saw you say that earlier on Poor in the week, Cam. Rudy. Mm. Um, I just, does it come down to captaincy? Like we've got these great bowlers. Um, who three times now haven't been able to get the job done. And these bowlers are being lauded, you know, three weeks ago when we bowled them out for 36. Does it come down to captaincy? Like, I don't actually know how to give yeah. you an answer on this. Well, because- just, I don't know. From the outside looking in, it just seemed like they ran out of ideas really quickly in all three of those games. Like, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know how if you, you feel. If, you're, if, you, if, you've got, if you've got 300 runs to play with on the final day, surely, and I keep going back to the coverage, but warnings like, surely have a short leg and a silly point and just crowd the bat round because mm. if they want to go for the shots, sure, go for it. You've got 300 runs on the board. Um, so maybe it was a slightly defensive field too early on. Um, but at the same yeah. time, I think that we, would probably be... We discussed be this instructions last week. From the, yeah. Like, and, and like the... I'll I'll say it again, Rude. Like as much as I'll, I'll go into bat for Tim Payne a little bit. Like they have how many breaks in play per day, and how many support staff and a bowling coach, and Justin Langer who's played a hundred tests, and everyone around. And I've, there's no doubt all these guys who are doing commentary gigs are touching base with JL through the test match, and everyone's got having their two cents. Like you can't just pinpoint it down to his captaincy because there should be ideas. It's a collective, you know, like, and you said, you made the point that it is Tim Payne who is the captain, but it could be anyone who's the captain there. Would they have changed yeah. anything? Steve Smith standing next to him at second slip all day, who would be the captain if it wasn't for the incident two years ago, you know? So what, yeah. what can, can you, can you make that call on one individual when there is so many, so much data and so much, um, analysis on the game and so many support staff and coaches and, and experienced players in that 11 to, to pin it on one guy, I think is unfair. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, we could discuss this. We could discuss mm. this for, as I can, long gi- as we I can give you, I can um, give you one more, one more thought though, Rudy is yep. you said there are three games where it didn't work. There was nearly a fourth when uh, we won the, we retained the ashes at Trent bridge real late in the day. Yes. When yeah, Hazelwood yeah. finally got Craig Overton out. So mm. it could nearly have been That's four. Right. That's right. Well, uh, yeah, that doesn't really suit my, uh, my suit my story, though, does it? So <laughs> let's move on. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to revisit uh, quickly our pre series predictions. Oh boy! Um, so uh, we for most runs, Tommy, you went with um, Marnus. This Labuschagne was actually Shea, pretty close. Shea Pujara. So you were only a couple off getting that right. Uh, so Pujara's second for India. Yeah, Richard Punt passed him by three runs in that innings on day five yesterday. So stiff. Yeah. I was close to having the Quinella. <laughs> yeah. Ports, you went with uh, Smith and Pujara. Um, and, yeah, look, you looked miles off after the first two games. Smith came quite good. Um, I went with Manus Labuschagne uh, and KL Rahul, who didn't play a test. <laughs> but I think, I think he was injured. I think he ended He's up about the only one who didn't get a gig. <laughs> yeah, they sent him home because he was injured. Um, most wickets, all three of us went with Hazelwood for the Aussies um, because I think we didn't want to go the obvious one with Cummins and Cummins was the man. Obviously, Hazelwood was Tommy still Beers quite used... good. Tom, well, yeah, excellent. Yeah, no, no qualms. We weren't far off. You and, you and I, Tommy, both said Mo Shami would take the most wickets for India. Um, yeah. Obviously went home. He didn't take a single wicket 
um, I think, before he broke his arm. Broken arm. And um, Ports, you said Boomer, which was a good shout, but unfortunately got injured. And I think Shiraj ended up with the most wickets for India. The scoreline is where it gets funny. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy, you said 3-0 to Australia. George, you said Australia 3-1. You said the Mm. only test they could possibly win was in Adelaide, which is the only one they lost. And I said (laughs) 4-0. I said four nil. I was like, "Well, these blokes aren't gonna go, aren't gonna say it," but I was like, "I'll I'll say it." Four nil. Maybe not. If and you're then, still uh, listening, if you're still listening to us, ask yourself why. Because that is <laughs> what credibility do we hold at why? this point? I can hear Energy Australia out the door. I can hear <laughs> listeners turning off. Yeah, my mum's um, the only one left listening at this point. And then player of the series, Tommy Beers said Hazelwood. George, you said Dave Warner. I'm oh. not sure how he got that because he was known to be injured before the start of the series. So I don't know how you come to that. Well, I thought, I thought he was only going to miss one game and he would come out yeah. fine. Not quite. Uh, and then I went with Mitch Stark, which definitely... Oh, that's oh, the Ruth. worst one of yeah. them. Oh, Rudy, you <laughs> dropped him before the last test. <laughs> yeah. well, I was wrong. Um, all right, before we finish up, boys, and I know we're running out of time here, I just want to play a little game with you, right? So it's called SA or NZ. Now, Australia has two concurrent series coming up. So they have to fly a T20 side to New Zealand and a test side to South Africa. I hate this. What I want to know from you guys is which of these players will be going to SA and which will be going to NZ. So let's start with Matthew Wade. Beersy, SA or NZ? NZ. Mm -hmm. George, Dave Warner, SA or NZ? Oh, no, he goes to South Africa. He's playing test cricket. Okay. Glenn Maxwell, busy. SA or NZ? Jeez, that's a great one. I'm Mm. going to say that they're going to send him to New Zealand off the back of no first-class cricket. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. I would love to see him in South Africa. However, he will go to New Zealand. George, Moises on Reeks, SA or NZ? Oh, keep him in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Come Spotify. On, mate. If I have to be, pick one, if I pick one, he's going to play the one dayers in New Zealand or the twenty twenty. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Beersy. Uh, Marcus Stoinis. Uh New Zealand. Ports. Ben McDermott. That's a good one. He's been thrown around a little Great bit, one. hasn't he? Um, I actually jumped on and had a look at the Shield stats. He's only, he's only ever made two first-class tons. Um, I'd be inclined to send him with the 2020 side. I don't think he's quite test-ready. Fair enough. And then finally, busy, Mitchell Stark. Jeez, oh, I'd like... Uh, I, I, I... I actually can't see him bowling a ball in February or March. You know, he's just looked gassed at the moment. But look, they'll probably give him a. He'll be in the extended travelling party for a test squad. Whether he plays the first test over there, I don't know. But he'll travel with the test team. Fair enough. All right. Uh, just wanted to play that game with you. So we've. Uh, that was a good one. I, I, like, I that. like it. That's a good I like one. It. Not yeah. bad. I thought you boys would enjoy that. That's why I kept it from you until we got here. Um, and then finally, before we go, we've had some, we put out the call for our, our next test 11 busy. Yep. Um, and what's the general, what's the temperature that we've taken from the, uh, the, 
the the Triple M Cricket Fan po- Podcast land out there. Yeah, well, there was a lot of uh, energy lot of Australia. Feedback. Yeah, a lot of feedback, and everyone was keen to get involved. Which uh, thank you for everyone's feedback. But um, Matthew Wade was the uh, biggest, the first one to be uh, ticked off. He, everyone's seen enough of him. He's got played as a wicketkeeper, got his chance as a batsman after a mountain of work. Um, but everyone's just kind of said thanks for coming, but your time is done. So. He's coming out, but who's going to replace him was the interesting one. So Usman Khawaja got a lot of uh, nominations to bat in the middle order. Uh, Travis Head was the obvious one to come back in because he was dropped uh, after uh, midway through the series. Uh, Glenn Maxwell and Ben McDermott both had a lot of nominations, which is interesting, but that's pretty much off the back of T20 form. So uh, that'll be an interesting one. Uh, Mitchell Stark, people have kind of had enough of him as well. Um, and uh, the other mainstay was uh, Will Pekoski, obviously, coming back in for Marcus Harris. Um, and a couple of nominations, which was interesting, for Steve Smith to regain the test captaincy. Mm. A lot, like an overwhelming amount of people who've just said, Payne can almost stay in the side, you know, holding his role, but we need someone else in charge. Can I ask you one, uh, uh, one question? I know we're running out of time. Yeah. Who... Was whose shots were worse when they got out, Travis Head or Matthew Wade? Matthew Wade. Wade's were way worse, but Head, yeah. he, they had to stick with Wade for what he did for the team. I feel that's yeah. why he got mm, the nod for the rest of the series. He, uh, Wade getting out the, the same way three consecutive first test innings was uh, just pretty ugly stuff. Yeah, really. Um, yeah, I think that wraps it up for us, boys. I would, I would say. It's, yeah. Uh, here ends a pretty seriously entertaining, uh, exciting series. Yeah, what a summer. Um, yeah. The big bash to wrap it all up, boys. Yeah, we'll be back for Energy Australia over the next couple of weeks to uh, we'll, we'll refocus on the big bash for a bit and um, try not to think too much about this test series <laughs> <laughs> going forward for a little while. Um, but, yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining us for the uh, Triple M Cricket Fan Podcast for Energy Australia. I've been your host, Rudy Etzel. I've had Tommy Beers on the line. Thanks, boys. We'll catch you next week. And Georgie Porter. And I've just finished my humble pie, so <laughs> perfect timing. <laughs> energy Australia. Simple, more affordable energy. Energy Australia. Light the way.